Okay, good evening everyone. Welcome to our live broadcast evening Dhamma session. So last night we started talking about mindfulness. The intent was to answer the question of what is wrong mindfulness, but I ended up spending all the time talking about what is mindfulness. So tonight, briefly, talk about how mindfulness goes wrong. I mean, it should be quite interesting as meditators to know how the practice can go wrong. And the first thing I think to note is that mindfulness is never wrong. Mindfulness is a sobhana jetasika. Sadha Sobhana, I can't remember the word, but it it's a beautiful quality of mind. Mindfulness is is common to all wholesome states. I think, yeah. Uh, so mindfulness itself can never be wrong, and it's always useful. Um, so when we talk about wrong mindfulness. It, um, we're not actually talking about mindfulness being wrong We're talking more about the practice of mindfulness going wrong But furthermore, the practice of mindfulness It is quite difficult for it to go wrong um, And I want to stress that because With other types of meditation It actually is quite easy for it to go wrong um, I'll talk a little bit about that Maybe I'll wait and talk during the, the talk about that um, but but mindfulness is so simple, right? The first thing it's it's difficult to misunderstand the the instruction. Uh, it's difficult to be in doubt about what is being asked, um, and it's difficult to apply mindfulness. And well, it's really impossible to pl apply mindfulness and. And uh, go too far, right? With other types of meditation, you have to be careful. If you go too far, you can get out of your depths. But with mindfulness, you don't really ever get out of your depths. It can seem overwhelming, but it's in a different way. The overwhelming nature of it is real, right? It's just your own mind. Whereas other types of meditation, you can get lost. And because it's you know, conceptual, we'll talk about that. The first way mindfulness can go wrong, let's bring this up, is, um, well, I'll spell them out. The, the four ways mindfulness can go wrong is one, unmindfulness, two, misdirected mindfulness, three, lapsed mindfulness. And four, uh, impotent or ineffective, ineffectual mind, mindfulness. Impotent might be the best word. Uh, let's see if I can get to this again. So, uh, unmindfulness is, of course, the opposite of what we talked about last night, right? If we just go through the four 
the four qualities of mindfulness, the lakana di chattuka, and we reverse them. When you can say unmindfulness, what is it like? There is the wobbling. It has the characteristic of wobbling, pilapana lakana. So um, when you practice meditation and you let your mind, uh, if you're not mindful, your mind flits from object to object. And so this is, I mean, this is a way, when we talk about wrong mindfulness, I mean, the, the worst type of mindfulness is if you're not mindful. If you just do walking and sitting maybe for hours a day um, without actually applying the mind to the object. A samosa, uh, so samosa rasa, it has forgetfulness. It forgets itself. How you know you're practicing incorrectly is you've forgotten your experiences. Your mind is not connected with the present moment instead it's uh, caught up in judging and, and planning and wishing and so on it's caught up in, in, in its own perceptions of things rather than the actual experience of them so and I mean you'll experience this throughout the course of, of course and this is what you have to watch out for you know you're going wrong when you realize you've uh, gotten lost in in judging something or worrying or stressing or or any number of emotions any number of distractions when you get caught up in fantasy and so on forget yourself um, manifests itself as Oh, I missed one, but yeah, it manifests itself as not guarding, being unguarded. So you see things and you want them, or you're sh upset by them, and you hear sounds and you're annoyed by them, or you're enamored of them. Uh, smells and tastes, when you eat your food and you just enjoy it so much, or you eat your food and it's unpleasant. You're letting your mind go, sometimes you experience something and it gets you lost because you weren't guarded and you don't confront remember the other character the other manifestation it manifests itself as confronting so unmindfulness is when you don't confront when you run away from it and the proximate cause is atirasanya I didn't go through this with you guys last night, did I? Remember this? Did I talk about this last night? Because I've been rehearsing it. it. Sounds so. No. No, this is new, huh? Good. I I was rehearsing it in my room as well. Just want to make sure I'm. This is new stuff, huh? So atira sanya, which means when you have perception, and uh, it, it it's not firm, right? So this is. You experience something, and mindfulness doesn't arise when it when you allow your mind to to react to it. So you experience pain, for example. There's the pain, and that's the sanya. But then instead of reaffirming that, instead of say, staying with the experience, you get lost. I don't like the pain, and so on. So this is the the, the cause of not being mindful is when you fail to uh, grasp 
the experience, f make it firm, make it strong. Your, your mind is not strong, basically. Right. So that's the first way mindfulness can go wrong. The second way, um, misdirected mindfulness. And so this is one that I've sort of, well, I mean, it, it, it's something that, that isn't really wrong, but it's problematic in the sense that if mindfulness is directed at the wrong object, it, it's not dangerous, but um, it's not fruitful either, or it's not fruitful in an ultimate sense. So, for example, mindfulness of the past, well, you can be you can remember everything that happened in your life if you practice meditation and enter into uh, states of extreme tranquility you can become very mindful of your whole past all the way back to the moment when you were born fairly easy in fact it's quite remarkable if you practice those practices you'll get to the point where you can remember all the way back your memory clears up because you strengthen your you strengthen your your reality, and then even you can break through conception and go back and remember past lives. But that's misdirected, right? It's misdirected in the sense that that won't make you enlightened. And while that is an interesting and quite powerful practice in itself. Um, general mindful of mindfulness of the past isn't going to help you at all your ability to remember things that happened long ago which is a type of mind what we call sati which what it means is when you have a very strong mind but it's not directed at the present and the same with the future but um, the more common one that's often mis misunderstood as being proper mindfulness is mindfulness of concept so I talk a lot about concepts and how they're different from ultimate reality and this is important because if you're mindful of concepts, for example, if you uh, say wish for all beings to be happy, that's a kind of a mindfulness. Or if you think about the parts of the body, hair, nails, teeth, flesh, skin, um, you repeat this to yourself, skin, skin, well skin isn't real, it's an idea that you get based on your experiences of seeing, hearing, smelling, tasting, feeling, thinking, but the skin itself is just a concept. And the thing is, if you focus on that, well, skin is um, skin is, as a concept is, is permanent, it's constant, it's always there. It's not inconstant in the sense, in the same way experiences are, experiences that arise and cease moment after moment. And so... If your mindfulness is not focused on the present reality, you won't experience and you won't come to understand impermanence, uh, suffering, and non-self. Uh, you won't let go. Right? Concepts are something that that we cling to. Even even tranquility meditation, all kinds of good meditations. But if your mindfulness, if your strength of mind is focused on concepts. You'll never come to see. You'll never come to let go and become free. So that's the second type of wrong mindfulness. The third way mindfulness can be seen as wrong is when it lapses. And you might argue this is 
You might argue this is a lot like um, unmindfulness, but it only occurs for people who practice correctly. When you practice properly, um, because mindfulness practice calms the mind down and, and focuses the mind quite quite powerfully, uh, you'll, you'll often experience positive states of bliss and joy. There was one person who asked a question a couple of nights ago about their experience of great joy. And uh, I've, ta I've given talks on this before, what the meditation is not, and in talking about various ways uh, we get stuck in the meditation. So there are good things that come, byproducts of mindfulness practice, like you'll see bright lights sometimes, or you'll see images in the mind, and then you get distracted by them. Uh, or, you, or you feel very calm, and you become complacent and, and settled in the calm, and you stop being mindful. This is actually an important part of the the uh, teaching of the meditation practice is to get meditators to be mindful of the good things that they get from meditation. You might feel happy, you might gain great knowledge and, and wisdom, and sort of understanding about problems that you have in your life and so on. Um, you may gain great energy and effort or you might just become enamored with the mindfulness. Mindfulness itself can become a hindrance. Because once you get very mindful, you become complacent. You become uh, sort of uh, proud and confident in yourself. Hey, look at how mindful I am. And, and when you do that, you're not mindful anymore. And so you can sit there for a long time thinking, God, I'm so good at this. Or, wow, I really, I really, you know, this practice is great. And confidence is another one. You become very confident in your teacher, in the teaching, in your own practice. You want to become a monk or a nun. You want to leave home. You want to go home and tell everyone about the practice. Great confidence comes. And that's a good thing, but you, you get lost with it. You know, so good things have to, you have to be mindful of. These are called the vipassanupakilesa. They're defilements of insight. Because they're not evil or bad, but they're not perfect either. They they impede your progress. They hinder it. So you could say that's a way that mindfulness practice goes bad. But uh, it generally just gets people stalled. If they don't have a teacher, it's common to be stuck in these states for quite a long time. But with a good teacher, it's not that it's not that problematic. And the fourth and final way, which I think is really the most proper way we can talk about wrong mindfulness, I think it's really how the Buddha talked about mitya-sati, wrong mindfulness. Wrong mindfulness, um, because as, as I said, mindfulness itself can't be wrong, is, is impotent, impotent. Wrong, any of the Eightfold Paths that are wrong, they're wrong because they're not accompanied by the other seven qualities, the other seven path factors. So in Buddhism we talk about the Eightfold Noble Path. Well, you need all eight factors working in tandem. If you have mindfulness but wrong view, meditators who come here and have strong belief in God, or a God, their God, or other religious views, strong belief in a self. I had one person who believed in a God self, whatever that is. So there's all kinds. Uh, and this person actually did the whole course 
And uh, he got to the end and he said, I think I got the experience that you wanted me to get. I said, oh, how do you know? And he said, because my God self told me. <laughs> and immediately I knew he hadn't gotten anything out of it because something was really wrong. Which goes to show you can really be practicing, apparently be practicing mindfulness, but without right view. Um, the, the intent to practice isn't enough. You can have wrong intention, wrong, you know, if you're angry, bitter person, mindfulness practice isn't going to work. It's going to be ineffectual. If you're a greedy, addicted person, mindfulness isn't really going to work. And if you don't actually address these, if you encourage them, if you are okay with being angry and greedy and deluded, and you encourage those states, if you have wrong speech, you're always saying bad things about people or yelling or, or hurting other people with a speech or if you're lying lying is the worst if you're a liar very difficult to be mind to to progress in meditation practice if you have wrong action killing stealing cheating if you're taking drugs and alcohol not going to happen right Let's get stoned and practice mind, me, mindfulness meditation, right? People ask if whether drugs could be a part of meditative practice. Some meditations, sure. Not mindfulness. Um, wrong effort, right? If you're working too hard, it's very hard to be mindful. Wrong concentration if you're unfocused or if you're focused on the wrong things. So the other seven path factors are, are sorry, I miss livelihood, right? After action is wrong livelihood, but that's basically wrong action and wrong speech. Um, but if any of these are missing, then mindfulness won't be effective. And that's the Buddha said, that's how understand right mindfulness right the, the eightfold path factors are all right because they're accompanied by the other seven so the right way is is when all eight come together meaning it's more than just mindfulness you need to have right view I mean in, in basically you need to understand body and mind you have to understand that reality is made up of experiences it's not made up of things you know this room doesn't actually exist this room is a part of our perception it's a extrapolation of our experiences and so on so that was still a lot of information to fit in what has to eventually become a 20 minute talk but uh, I'll just keep working on it I think that's interesting very useful for all of us of course to talk about and think about these things so I hope that was useful, interesting thank you all for coming out that's the Dhamma for tonight let's see if there's any questions Why is suffering considered negative?
Um, well, because it's considered negative. <laughs> if you didn't suffer from it, it wouldn't be called suffering. You admit by that question that there is the potential for someone to consider something negative. Well, it's the considering something negative that makes it suffering. If you let go of that consideration, it would no longer be suffering. Does the meditation center you started in Sri Lanka still exist? Go there and be taught meditation. Yes, I'm pretty sure you could be. Um, you might want to go to Mitrigala instead, but the place I was at is actually, I think, doing quite well. And there are Sri Lankan monks and foreign monks there. We built a big two-story, four-room building. Really good rooms. And there's two caves and so on. Big problem there, of course, is that it's a dengue-infested area, and you're more, more than likely to get dengue by going there. Unfortunately, it's a hotbed. I have to slow my actions to be aware of the intentions as well as the actual actual act. Should I just go about my day at my normal pace or keep doing things slower? Either way, if, you, if you're in a meditation center, you can certainly go slower. Um, but you shouldn't have to go that slow. I mean, the mind is quite quick. If you're having to slow down, then maybe there's some something you're missing. Something that's keeping you from being a little bit quicker about it. But certainly slow down a little bit. I'm aware that there's no coincidence. If there's no coincidence, then nothing has been linked. Hmm. Oh, the talks coincide with my own practice. That's interesting. I don't know. Yeah, I don't really have an answer for that question. Does the act of being mindful include recognizing the beginning stages of a sense-induced fabrication and not allowing it to proliferate? Um, yes. Yes. I mean, you might want to... I've talked a lot about mindfulness. In fact, last night I talked quite a bit about mindfulness. It's, but it's fairly close to what you're saying, I think. Are you saying that all meditation on concepts is wrong mindfulness? It's not wrong mindfulness. The Buddha wouldn't have called that, but called it that. But if you're practicing to become enlightened, uh, meditating on concepts is wrong in the sense that you're not going to become enlightened based on it. So it could be considered technically wrong. Yeah, yeah. In fact, I, I think that's quite valid. It's not it's not wrong in a general sense, but in the context of becoming enlightened, it's wrong. But you know, it's not wrong to practice tranquility if your if your goal is tranquility. But if you practice tranquility thinking it's gonna bring insight, then you're wrong. What is the difference between tira sanya and sanya like cat, dog, cat, tree, etc.? 
Um, well, this is where sanya is used in a difference. In there's two meanings of at least two meanings of the word. Um, I mean, sanya of, of a dog, of a cat, of a tree is just one kind of perception when you perceive the concept of dog or cat or so on. I mean, that doesn't work because that is perception of a concept. And if so, if you reaffirm that, so your misunderstanding is sanya is um, is what comes before mindfulness. But tira sanya, when you affirm that, that's how mindfulness exists. So if you say dog, 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 that's tira sanya, and it leads to sati. Um, but it's it's wrong be, you know, for us because it's a concept. Uh, if you see, if you say seeing seeing, that's tira sanya and it's it leads to mindfulness. But it's right because it the object is uh, reality. Thoughts on self-aware synthetic mind? No, not well. It's not real. I mean. A synthetic mind, we're fooling ourselves. You can't create a mind like that. We, you know, it's like the, if you look at the history of computers, you see that all we're doing is just making it smaller and smaller. We're not actually adding mind to the mix. You can't just make something more complex and say, poof, it's, a, it's, it's God, right? You started out with, with, um, with rocks, you know? doesn't at one at some point of complexity become mind it's just more complex body physical how to know what to attend to and be mindful of during meditation whatever is clearest just be mindful of that it doesn't really matter i think that's addressed in my frequently asked questions which is linked at the top so you might want to read that Okay, and that's all the questions. Thank you all for coming. Have a good night.